listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have David Leo in the studio. Welcome David. Thank you Jason and happy Wednesday everyone. Yeah, it's the middle of the week and it is the 9th of August for those (coughs) wondering whether it's a live program that you're listening to. So it's Wednesday the 9th of August. Um, I like, uh, I was listening to the uh, uh, Aussie Pastor Live program yesterday as I was walking back from a radio site that I was um, doing some work on and uh, they do this, uh, you know, what happened on this day? And uh, it was great to listen to <laughs> what happened on this day. So I thought, oh, I wonder if we could do something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the 9th of August. What happened yeah. on the 9th of August? Yeah, th- who knows? Who yeah. knows? I haven't done any homework. But, but I, I was just thinking it might be a good way to let people know which day it is that we're talking about if uh, they're listening to it recorded yeah, as well. True. So. It's true. I do like the, um, you know, on Facebook, they have their Facebook memories. Yes. And they bring yeah, up what good. you did today, yeah. a year, two, three yes. years ago. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I took those photos. I did this video. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Nice. It's really good when you've, um, uh, you get those memories from trips that you've done. Yeah, that's and, right. Know, all the that's good right. photos. So. Uh, David, um, we're continuing your series. Is this the last one? Second last one. Second to last one. Second last one. That's right. The judge. Christ is judge today. The seven roles of Christ. Yeah. Um, but to kick us off, we're going to talk about some interesting things that is particularly, I think, prominent in the United States. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I talked about this with you last week, yeah, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I really want to create a sense of, as, you, as you're listening to this, I really want you to get a sense of, um, I know you've had it before because not only do the news get a kick, of, kick out of it, I know that directors of movies like doing this and whatnot, but they create a sense of injustice. Mm. And... Um, Something that's happened in America uh, recently is there were two retail store assistants that tried to stop some thieves from taking things from the store, and I think there were two separate occasions, and they both got shot or, or killed, and um, so they created a rule across the board for all the retail stores: if anyone tries to steal anything, uh, just let them, but don't don't try and intervene. Mm. And so, so I think that law is actually uh, was passed on the thirty first of May officially. It's, a, it's called Bill five five three, I think, or something like oh, that. Really? Um, and that, yeah, that was this it, year. This year, um, but there has been some other laws uh, that were introduced a bit earlier, which was impacting on this as well. But I did some research this morning because I oh, knew wow. you were going to talk about this. But yeah, that that law specifically is is both to protect the. The employees, so a an employer basically can't force an employee to approach somebody if they suspect them of of stealing, stealing. something, and it's for their safety. Uh, only trained security staff should approach them. Wow, that's, that's what it's all about. So, okay. yeah. but many people are up in arms about it because they say it's going to cause small businesses to not be Fall able over. to defend their their property. Yeah, and. Um, but yeah, it's ultimately designed to protect the employees. In your research, did you see any video footage of some of the yeah? No, I've shenanigans seen, I've seen some of that stuff before, and I think this is what I was talking about before. Is a number of years ago that they raised the um, 
the level of uh, what they call a misdemeanor from $400 to $950. So in order to be a felony now, which I think means that you can be prosecuted and go to jail, you have to steal $950 or more than $950. Wow. And so that basically means that people can walk in and, and carry stuff out up to $950 or $949 worth of stuff. And they're only going to get a tap on the wrist, basically. Yeah. Wow. Well, I saw some footage of um, uh, there's about three guys that were inside a, uh, a hardware store, and they were just filling up trolleys mm. and walking out. Mm. You know, and the workers could just looked at them. You know, just there was nothing that could be done. Yep. And um, yeah, I saw footage of other stores. Just people have obviously caught wind of this bill. Mm. Thought, you know what? They can't do anything about it. So. Yep, and they've they've got sort of organised groups of people working together. So if you have enough people stealing up to $950 worth of stuff individually, but all uh-huh. together coordinated, okay. you know. Right, okay. Yeah. So if there's five, they can get up to five grand worth of... Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. So people are smart. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> the, the law's working for them so they can... They can steal more steal, stuff. Steal stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's another another uh, story I just uh, came across uh, a couple of weeks ago, it, but it happened two years ago. But the but it's just been details are being released now. And it happened in South Korea, and um, some 13 year olds had stolen a car. There was eight of them inside a sedan, mm. <laughs> and um, they in in their uh, their joyride. <clears throat> they had stopped and took money from certain places and uh you know it's like a apparently in korea they've got a, a, a petrol station they've got like these machines next to the pump we can insert the notes yes and these kids were smashing those to get money from these machines wow so that's how they got their money and on their uh, joyride they had gone so fast that they killed an uber driver that was 18 years old uh, or I don't know what they call it. I think they call Uber over there, but no, there's, there's a bunch of different ones. Yeah, yep. and, and it was sad because the story of this 18 year old is you know he's got a, a single mum and he's the only child and he was trying to help get himself through college because they mm. didn't have much money. But this kid gets killed because of these uh, 13 year olds speeding. And the story goes that these 13 year olds, when they got caught, they basically got released, mm. and uh, they they have a record. These kids have records of stealing cars and stealing money, and there's nothing the law can do because the law in Korea is anyone under the age of 14 can't be tried. Mm. And these kids are aware of it. You know, and and um, when the things on social media came out and whatnot, you could see there was no remorse. You know, they, they understood that there's nothing anyone can do about this. Mm. You know, we, we, we're basically free to do what we want until we're 14, mm. you know, and... And now these are things happening around the world. We talk about, you know, the stealing in America. The, uh, the, I mean, that story caused an injustice in me. And uh, <laughs> there are things that happen in our own lives, you know, like I'll share with you. I won't say too much, but even my wife and, and work, you know, there are injustices happening there. And it's mm. just, you know, when, it's, when it happens in your own home and to yourself, you want to see justice. Have, have you ever had uh, your house broken into and something stolen? No, I've never had that experience. I've, I had it I, I was when I was quite younger. I had my car broken into and a whole bunch of stuff, including a camera that had, um, you know, really important photos on it that I hadn't uh, had processed. This was mm. quite a while ago. It's a really horrible feeling. You know, you feel violated. I've been told. I've been told that. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's interesting, isn't it, that... It, it seems as though, and, and the reason um, this law that, uh, oh, sorry, the first law where they raise the amount of um, 
of uh, value of the money that um, in America the people would be charged with a felony is because they got too many people in prison. Wow, that's, so that's that, why they raised it. Right, so they basically stop don't from want people in. going into prison because their prisons are full. Now that's a sad indictment in the first place, isn't it? That the prisons are so overflowing that yeah. um, so, you stop people from coming. Yeah, so basically, rather than uh, continue to prosecute them and leave them on the streets, they leave them on the streets. Wow. But it's causing a lot of people to leave California. This is in the state of California in particular, but it's it's causing companies to leave, yeah, I know. shops to leave. Elon Musk picked up and packed his, yeah, uh, his massive company. I'm not company sure. Because I of... think that's for, for other reasons. Oh, that's, okay. that's to do with taxes and other things. But, right, right. But um, a lot of uh, shops are just shutting up and leaving because... Uh, because they can see the writing on the wall. Well, they can't defend their, their, uh, their merchandise. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I suppose, <laughs> I think I was sharing with you, you know, I had a bit of a conspiracy theory. I was like, man, there must be uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon behind these things, you know, because if you can't shop at a retail store, you're, uh, you're going to go online. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to go online to do your shopping. That's true. You know? and, uh, so we're going to become a very insulated world, aren't we? We just sit at home and order our stuff and have it delivered. Yeah, and, it's, and, you know, and we all know there is a sense of, this isn't right. Yeah. You know, there's a, this isn't right. Something has to be done. So we ought to be able to safely go to a shop, get something, come home. Yeah. Just like we ought to be able to walk down the street, even if it's night, and not feel like we could get murdered. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and even, you know, I know I'm a, I'm a youth leader here, here in Tasmania, but even 13-year-olds need to be able to have a sense of guilt and remorse mm. to realize, hey, I've done something wrong, you know, like mm. that. That something needs to be done there. And this is the cry. <clears throat> we talk about this because our need for justice is looking at Jesus as our judge, which is a which is a really positive thing. To have Jesus bring justice is a great thing. Right? And um uh John five twenty two, if we could look at that please, uh, Jason. Yeah, I've got it right in front of me here. It says, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Yeah, so Jesus is responsible for all judgment, what is it? You know, when we talk about judge, we often have a negative uh, connotation towards that. But we really want to explore this morning that having Jesus as our judge is the best thing ever. Is the best thing we could ever ask for. Mm. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. We're going to unpack that a little bit more now. This is our second last episode on the seven roles of Christ. Uh, if you want to go back and have a listen to all of the previous ones, I think this is our episode number nine. To, oh, is seven. seven today. Yep. I don't know where I got my numbers from. Oh, it's the 9th of August. That's, that's why I was right. thinking nine. <laughs> uh, you can go back and uh, listen to all of our past episodes on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. Or you can download the Faith FM app from your favourite app store, whichever phone or uh, tablet you've got. Download the Faith FM app and you can find our programs in the browser menu. Um, we've got a question for you today, and we'd love you to text us in an answer to this question. Mm. What are you most looking forward to seeing come to an end? I guess all things come to an end. Yeah. We good, want to see all bad good, things. Yeah. When good things come to an end, we feel sad. When bad things come to an end, we feel we good. We celebrate. <laughs> yes. So what are you looking most uh, looking forward to most to seeing come to an end? Text us in on 0488-880-891. We would love to hear from you today. This song is Give Me Jesus by Colin Ray.
Jesus, and uh, we were talking about these problems in society that we're seeing around the world, mm. particularly in the United States, and I was just saying to David in the break, you know, what's the solution to this? And I said, this is the solution, Jesus. this song, <laughs> Give yep. Me Jesus. Amen. Um, and, uh, yeah, if, if only more people could have a uh, meaningful relationship with Jesus, then I think a lot of these problems would disappear. We asked you a question before the break. What are you most looking forward to seeing come to an end? We'd love to hear from you today. So do text us in on 0488880891. David, um, you said we're going to get into this topic as Jesus yeah. as judge. Where yep. would you like to start this morning? I want to start uh, last week. Well, I want to start with what I want. I can't wait to see come to an end. I can't wait to say goodbye to goodbyes. That's going to be, you know... 
I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Goodbye is coming to an end. But um, <clears throat> last week we looked at Jesus as the high priest, and uh, God had specifically told Moses to tell the people there are specific holidays during the year. They're called feasts. Mm. And so they observed these feasts during the year. There were seven of them. And one of them that we looked at last week was was probably the most sobering. And, uh, you know, it was probably the most um, uh, reverent, probably reverent day of the holidays that they kept. One, not, not one, the, one day a year. One, one day a yeah. year, yeah. And it was the 10th day of the seventh month. Huh. And on this particular day, they called it the Day of Atonement. Mm. And it was found in Leviticus fifteen twenty nine to uh, uh, 34, or was it 16? Leviticus 16, I think. And uh, one of the things it said, it said that you, the people will afflict their souls, right? Yeah, afflicting, afflicting. I remember that word because I question, what does that really mean? What does that mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and, what, and what happens is, as when we looked at Jesus as the high priest, the high priest would go before God as the judge, right? And all the people afflicting their souls basically meant that they were searching and examining their hearts. If there's anything that would separate them from God, now was the time to put it before them, you know? Um, am I, you know, am I still relying on my, my resources? You know, did I, did, have I forgiven my my neighbor for that, that time that he stole my stole my camel. You know, like all, all these things, are just everything that comes to mind, you just put it before God. And, uh, oh, sorry, you actually put it before the high priest. And we said every day there were sacrifices that came to the temple. And I said that, you know, like if we imagine inside the sanctuary, there was a, a bank, there was an accumulation of all these sins of the people. And on the Day of Atonement, it went to zero. The mm-hmm. balance went down to zero. When the, when the judgment was made, said, I accept the afflicting of the souls and I accept that you want us to reconcile, that we, that we are, our relationship is one, then, you know, they start again. This was like, um, am I right in saying this was uh, sometimes referred to as the, the cleansing of the sanctuary because the sins were... Correct. Put, the sins were cast onto the scapegoat, is that right? That's right. And the scapegoat was then taken out into the wilderness. To carry yes. the sins away. Yes, and 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 every time um, the the sacrifice was brought, you know, the blood that came from the sacrifice was sprinkled before the veil, mm. and um, so you try and imagine every time blood is sprinkled, that's mm. that's that account, that's the sin account I'm, going I'm, up. I'm I'm going to say something um, a bit horrible here, but I can just imagine it would smell terrible. Yeah, well, after if it hadn't been cleaned. Literally, physically cleaned after all of this blood being sprinkled everywhere. Well, I had the same thought, Jason. I thought, man, that veil would have been really dirty. But as I looked at some of the records, um, rabbis and, and things say that they uh, believe that there was a trench that was dug before the veil. Right. So when they say sprinkled before, it wasn't actually on the curtain. It was put inside this. What about the altar where the, um, that didn't they sprinkle it on the... Corners of the altar as of the well. Altar? Yeah, I don't mm. know. I, I, I never looked at that part. It was a mm. curtain that I thought, man, that would have mm. been a dirty curtain, you know. Mm. Like, um, imagine, anyway. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have the they didn't have the the, the type of laundry technology that yeah. we have today, you know. Mm. But that was some of the things that were said. But anyway, um, it was more symbolic than anything else. You yes, know? Yeah, yeah. we're meant to symbolically see the sanctuary as well. Wow, it's dirty. It's mm. dirty with the sins of the people, mm. and God's going to clean it, mm. you know. And so on that day, it was a day of looking forward to being judged. 
Mm. You know, it was a day of, hey, um, you know, we can we can make this, we can make our relationship one again. You know, mm. and so they looked forward to the day of judgment. And the feast after that was called the Feast of Tabernacles, which was a massive celebration. Mm. Right? It was a time to look forward to their new home and um, <clears throat> what will come after the judgment. Is this ultimately pointing, is the Feast of Tabernacles ultimately pointing to what comes after the second coming? Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the whole feast, the, the, the way the sanctuary worked, it was pointing to the whole plan of salvation. Mm. So us looking at um, you know, when the high priest came out of the sanctuary, it's symbolic of Jesus returning mm. to the people. Right? And we're going to look at that next week as Jesus as the king. And so <clears throat> they, looked, they looked forward to being judged. Mm. Which, which, as I was saying to you before, you know, normally we think of a judge as a scary creature. That's right. It's a terrible <laughs> thing. No one wants to face the judge no, for, for sentencing. No, no. Because <laughs> that's often the purpose of the judge, isn't it? It's to hand down the sentence. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, everything, everything that we do, whether it's, it's the workplace, whether we go back to the days of schooling, you know, when, when the workplace and they tell us, oh, we've got auditing, the, mm. the audit's coming in uh, mm. the month of July and we it's February. Fear it. Exactly. We start going, oh, what oh, if I've done something wrong? Yeah, they're going yeah. to find my problems yeah. back in school. We're going to have an exam in uh, May. Oh, no, it's mm. going to show my blah, blah, blah. You know, if you're exercising, if you're part of a, a team, oh, we're going to play this this team and blah, blah. Oh, they're going to find out that I don't know how to do this. You know, but when we, when we look at these things carefully, um, they're actually good things because... You want to be able to see your flaws. Well, just, yeah. just thinking about, say, the exam analogy. Yeah. If you've really studied well for an exam, there's nothing to fear, yeah. and you you can go into that looking forward to getting the result. You know that that you deserve because you've done it. Now, how do we look at that though in the context of Jesus as our judge? Because that would imply that you know we're doing something ourselves to uh, to be ready for. <laughs> it's true. Hey, let's look at it. Let's look at a parable. Yeah. <laughs> Luke 18. Yep. Luke 18 verses 1 to 9. Uh, 1 to oh, 8. We're going to read. Yep. Okay. It says, uh, and we're reading from the English Standard Version. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But after he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. Or will he so, yeah. find faith on earth? That's the question. Will he find faith on mm. earth, right? So Jesus does this often. He uses an extreme to point out if a, a judge that doesn't um, that doesn't respect God this, or man... This is a human judge. Yeah, yeah, and he's willing to exercise justice because of the continual persistence of this woman. Mm. Then think about me, who is God, you know, what... I'm, I'm willing to exercise justice, right? mm. he, and he's trying to make this comparison. Basically, he's saying, <clears throat> just like the ancient Israelites that were obedient and came to the Day of Atonement, they did everything God said, afflicted their souls, put it towards the priest, they approached the throne or the judgment seat of God, 
because of the high priest, right? And God is saying, what about you? Are you calling for justice? Mm. Will you come? Will you come to the, the throne of judgment to seek justice? Or do we just cruise along and go, you know what? Uh, it's not that bad. You know, and, Je- and, and Jesus is saying, no, no, I want you to cry out to me. How long are you going to let this happen for? I want mm. you to call upon me. Lord, I want justice. I mean, you, you read some of the, the prayers of David. <laughs> Sometimes they make me, man, but David was allowed to say that. Mm. You know, Lord, deliver deliver my enemies into yeah. my hand. Yeah. You know, you know, let them taste the, the, the death. You know, it's like, <laughs> wow. Because David was allowed to say but he's crying out for justice. Mm. As far as he's concerned, um, my people and I, we serve God and we believe that we ought to be in the right. You know, mm. and, but, but in any case, God is trying to say, uh, say to us, I have the authority and the power and I can bring justice and peace into your life. And I will. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's basically trying to encourage us thirst for justice, mm. thirst for righteousness, mm. thirst for things to happen and, and thirst for the, fa- uh, for the fact that I am able to do this. Right. But um, we'll, we'll get into more on that uh, when we look at Matthew 11, 16, 19, the next segment. Yeah, well, our listener question today, we'd love to hear from you. So do text us in. What are, your most, what are you most looking forward to seeing come to an end? Mm. There are many things of this world, and you know, some say that we were never really designed to be in this place, this uh, fallen, broken place. So there are many things I'm sure that you would like to see to come to an end. So let us know this morning. Text us in on 04 Double eight, double eight, zero, eight, nine, one. This is Trust in You by Eleni. Letting go of every single dream. I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering never changes. Why you see I've tried to win this war I confess My hands are weary I need your rest Mighty warrior King of the fight No matter what I face You're by my side When you don't move the mountains Tomorrow brings There's not a day ahead You have not seen So in all things Be my life and breath I want what you want Lord and nothing less When you don't move the mountains I'm needing you to move When you don't part the waters Wish I could walk through When you don't give the answers As I cry out to you I will trust, I will trust I will trust in you I 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we've got David Leo on the series The Seven Roles of Christ. Now we've been talking about Christ as judge, we've mm. been looking at the day of atonement, we've uh, also been looking at how God really wants us to understand that justice is a good thing yeah. and uh that we want to be able to, I guess, trust him as judge, yep. trust, trust Jesus as judge. We know that he will, uh, he's a perfect judge. Yeah, he'll judge fairly. He'll judge fairly. Yeah. And uh, it's actually a good thing because, you know, it's interesting, isn't it, how when uh, someone does something bad, um, you know, let's say somebody kills somebody, um, not accidentally but on purpose, intentionally, we often want justice to be done. Yeah. We want uh, the, the sentence to be handed out. But uh, we often don't want justice to be done so, when it comes to our correct. own failings. <laughs> right on. Exactly right. And, and that's what we want to look at, you know, because Jesus telling that parable and saying, call upon me to seek judgment and righteousness. I mean, this, this sounds funny. And I think David, David from the Bible learned this. He actually cried out to God and said, um, basically, uh, judge me. Seek me, look at my heart and judge me. You know, that's, if, a, that's a really, I love the, is it Psalm 51? Yeah, Psalm where, 51, Where he that's says, right. um, you know, basically investigate my, my, my heart, point out anything yeah. that uh, offends you. He's, you know? he's saying, yeah. judge me, yeah. judge me, Lord, mm. you know. And that's a, that's a strange thing to say. I mean, imagine you had a... Um, you knew there was something wrong with between you and your wife or you and your kids or some of that you love, right? And, I mean, I suppose the way we say it is, hey, is there anything wrong that, that needs to be discussed? You know, mm. but saying those words, hey, find in me anything wrong mm. and let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, like that's a, that's a strange It's actually thing. a really, it's something that we naturally don't want to do, but it is actually the solution to so many problems. Is to it? sit down and recognize that, hey, I've got some shortcoming. Exactly. I need to recognize that. I need to take ownership <laughs> of it. I need to do something about it. It's not a comfortable thing. It's not a comfortable thing. But, you know, one of the, you know, now that I'm older and I work with um, young people, 
one of the one of the greatest things I love hearing is like, hey, is there anything else that I need to work on? Mm. I'm like, whoa, listen to this kid. You know, mm. like this kid wants to learn, you know, and that really excites me. I'm like, wow, they they want to know what's wrong with them so they can work on it. You know, that's a that's such a great thing, you know, that's such a great attitude. I was listening to one of the other programs on Faith of Him yesterday and, and this was a father who had had a bad run as a child, so he didn't have a great family life, but he said that he asks his children you know, when he's mucked up, when he's done wow. something, and when he apologizes, and he asks his children, you know, what do I need to do better? Wow, uh, and I'm huge. thinking, wow, that's a really, as a parent, asking your child what you could do better, that's a really difficult thing to oh, yeah. get my head around. Yeah, you know? I'm just I'm thinking, <laughs> man, that's unheard of in the Psalm 1 yeah. culture, you know? Like, mm. I immediately, in my head, I was thinking, what does a kid know? Mm, <laughs> you know? Exactly. But it's worth listening. Yeah. It's, just, it's worth hearing what your kids have mm. to say. Mm. And, and and God wants that that with us, you know. And here's a fancy word that I learned a few years ago. I think it was, I learned from a podcast. Confirmation bias. Mm. Have you heard that before? I've... I'm not sure that I've heard it. It's, Explain it to me. Are, in, a, in a really brief way, it's basically um, unintentionally we're conditioned to overlook flaws about ourselves. So you know, we have these beliefs that have been set that um, we're okay, mm. right? And it's because of that that we need to we need to cry up to Jesus just like David did. Mm. Please, Lord, judge me. Psalm you know? 51. Look, yeah, look at me. Find anything yeah. in me. And there's this uh, parable that Jesus tells in Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verse 16 to 19. If you could read that for us, please, Jason. It says, But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Oh, there's so much said there. So Jesus, talking to that particular generation, mm. he says, this generation is like a group of kids playing at the marketplace, which, which was a common thing that happened back then. And so when they played the flute to dance, mm-hmm. nobody danced. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what you wanted. Then they're at a, then they're at a funeral. You know, they play a, a mourning song so everyone can cry. But nobody cries. Hmm. They said, when John the Baptist came, you guys said he was too conservative. He said his message was too straightforward and blah, blah, blah. And then I've come and I I have meals with tax collectors. You know, I, I touch people with leprosy. I do this and that. And you say, well, this guy's too liberal. Hmm. You know, and he says, you can't. There is no way to make you happy. Hmm. There's, you know, there's no way. Like we, As humans, in our confirmation bias, we're constantly finding excuses not to make a choice. <laughs> Does that make sense, Jason? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's uh, when, when it comes to the, you know, I, and, I, and I can I can confess to this. When it comes to tough decisions, I would like to I would like to avoid them as much as possible. Mm. But the fact is, deci- these tough decisions have to be made. Mm. You know, and the toughest decision that we make here is Jesus saying, "Will you choose me as your Lord and Savior? Mm. Will you choose me to be the one that will judge your life?" You know, can you come before me? And the fact is, uh, in our sinful nature, we do not have the ability to face uh, holiness in its pure, purest form. Mm. You know, uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine says this. It's a very uh, sobering text. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. 
who can understand it. Wow. That's uh thank you Jeremiah for <laughs> for being very uh, straightforward mm. and telling us what our condition is like. So I, I saw something on, on Facebook. I follow this guy by the name of Justin Koo, and, oh, and yes. uh, yep. he was he was challenging this idea, you know, that we say that the heart is deceitful. And the reality is, our sinful heart is deceitful. It is. It is. But when confirmation we, bias. <laughs> but when we accept Jesus and we search, what you're talking about today, when we when we truly want to seek His will for our lives. We want him, as David did, to point out the things that are that are you know wrong, right? Yeah, and so then our the nature of our heart changes. Yeah, that's right. So it's no longer deceitful if we have Christ in our heart. Do you Correct. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do yeah. what you're saying. It's mm. a and it takes us way back mm. to where it all started. You know, when when Adam and Eve try to hide from God. Do you remember that? Mm. And he said, where are you? It's not that God didn't know where they are. He was asking, where are you in your hearts? You Mm. know, where are you? They were afraid because they knew they were naked. Yes. Right? And when it comes to judgment, when it comes to the day of atonement, when it comes to the invitation of Jesus saying, will you choose me as your Lord and Savior? He's making the same call he did to Adam and Eve. Are you going to hide from me? Or are you willing to stand before me as your judge? Right? And in a very realistic way, I talked about this in a past series about um, that God demonstrates uh, his kingdom through family. And when it comes to married couples, right, when it comes to the most intimate physical relationship we can ever have, we trust each other in our nakedness, right? We trust each other in in that type. And and Jesus is saying, everything, surrender, surrender your, I'm going to do a plug here. There's a church here called Glenorchy Seventh-day Adventist Church, and Pastor David Cherry is a pastor there. He just did a series called um, um, Surrendering Yourself. Uh, it was a two-part series, and I want to recommend, go on YouTube, have a listen to those um, those sermons. He did an awesome job, and basically it's a practical practical way of what does it mean to surrender ourselves, you know? mm. because we hear that a lot. You know, surrender yourself, what does that mean? I mean, how do I surrender? Like, what, what do I do? And when it comes to Jesus as a judge, he's inviting us to do that. Everything that you're worried about, everything that you've held on to as resources, thinking that this is the way you're going to get through life, relationships, that person that you that you know is not good for you, but you have these feelings of want to stay attached, you know, um, whatever it is, a sport, whatever it is, you know, Jesus is saying, now is the time. Let me judge, right? Let me look into your life, and I'll tell you what needs to what needs to change. And I suppose that's where the difficulty comes from because. A lot of us don't like changes, do we? You no. Know? We, don't, we don't want to adjust. Where uh, Once we find a comfort zone, we just want to stay in the comfort zone. And uh, things, excitement actually happens in the, uh, in the faith zone. <laughs> so, you know, in a nutshell, uh, having Jesus judge, we need to understand that he has our best interest at heart. Mm. There's no, uh, he doesn't do it because he enjoys, a, enjoys the power trip. <laughs> And we, like we need to remember that Jesus, as judge, you know, if if we if we're looking at a sequence of things, yep. First of all, Jesus is our savior. Yeah, is he not? Yep. <laughs> he came to die for us to take the penalty of sin, to take the penalty of ultimate, you know, death that we deserve. But he he's made a way so that we don't have to pay that price ultimately. Um, secondly, 
he's our advocate. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is our advocate. We have this high priest as, as our advocate. And then thirdly, he's our judge. So if Jesus is the one who actually wants to save us and has done what is necessary to save us, we would want him as our judge, surely. Who else would you want? Who <laughs> and, else would and, you want our lawyer, and our lawyer yeah, as well. <laughs> that's right. As we're in good hands. Yeah. We're in excellent hands. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Well, we're going to go to a break. Our book offer today is the uh, same one that we've been offering over the past few weeks. It's called There's More to Jesus. Uh, it explores the major facets of who Christ is and what he means to us. Uh, it uses the lens of Christ to rediscover scripture. And the book explains uh, Adventist beliefs of biblical scriptures that show us the fullness of Jesus and how Jesus fills theological doctrines with the beauty they were always meant to show. That's our book offer. We'll give you the code if you don't already know it straight after the break. And we've got three copies to give away today. This is Rescue Story by Zach Williams. Well, there I was, empty-handed, crying out from the pit of my despair.
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing our program today with David Leo. We've been talking about the role of Christ as judge and uh, we hope that you've come away so far thinking that uh, Christ as our judge is a good thing. Yeah. It's not uh, something to be scared of or concerned about. Uh, it's actually a good thing. And uh, I do love the concept that you've portrayed earlier in the program, David, that uh, God wants us to have a thirst for justice. Mm-hmm. And even even within our own lives, we should have a thirst to ask God to, you know, point out those things yeah, as, as David did, uh, even justice for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a uh, you know I was just I was just mentioning mentioning to you in that in that song that we just heard rescue story mm. <clears throat> that's that's a term I use when I'm speaking to the kids at chapels because a lot of kids don't come from a Christian background and when we use words like salvation that's a very um, old old school word that they don't really relate to so I often use the word rescue mission mm. Jesus rescue mission mm. and the kids will will ask the question do I need rescuing you know I'm I'm okay. You know, everything's yeah. fine here. And, and and true to their point, as far as they're concerned, they've got a roof over their head, they get three meals a day. Everything's okay. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, we, need to under, we need to understand that we can't fall into that trap as as people that, um, that, that when you call Jesus to be your judge, there are things about ourselves, our sinful nature have, has not allowed us to see that there are things that need working on, not just for the sakes of ourselves, but for our family, for our friends, for our community, mm. that um, you know, when when we do that, we become we become blessings and not curses. Yes. And, and that's the, the you know that's some of the things I often say to my family, my wife and kids when we go to this when we go throughout this day. Let's try and be a blessing, not a curse. Mm. You know, I mean, this is what God's called us to do. Yeah. And um, before we go on, yes, I've got to give Jason. a code away for today. Oh, the, the book. Yes, <laughs> the please book do that, Jason. So we've got three copies. There's more to Jesus. And the code for today is Christ number one. C-H-R-I-S-T one. And the number is 0488-880-891. So text in Christ number one to 0488-880-891. Mm. Sorry Good to book. interrupt you there, but uh, I forgot to do it earlier. So <laughs> yeah, there's actually a, a chapter. Uh, sorry, are you finished, Jason? You yeah, more, I'm done. More, yeah. I'm there's, done. there's a chapter in there called uh, "The Empty in Christ," and and it talks about how Christ emptied everything of Himself to come to to be one of us, mm. right? And so, what does it mean for us to allow Jesus to be judge? It's us emptying ourselves, mm. right? Emptying everything of ourselves to surrender to Jesus and say, Jesus, judge me as I am. And that's a loving work. Uh, it's it's hard for us because, uh, it, as I said before, once we understand that I do need rescuing, you know, I'm in a serious situation where I do need rescuing and we surrender ourselves. Well, what does, what does that look like? <clears throat> Let's look at Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. One of my favorite promises. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Wow, that's an amazing promise from Jesus, isn't it? Mm. Uh, they, they can, it um, we can come with them with, with everything that is weighing us down. Um, and, and you know, Jason, it's, it's strange. It's a strange thing about our that fancy word I used before about a confirmation bias. Sometimes we're tired, we're frustrated, um, even irritated, 
but we don't know where it's coming from. Mm. We can't put our finger on it, you know? And those type of things we bring to Jesus and somehow, some way, he's able to point these things out, you know? The simple things like um, just pray every day, uh, read the word, spend time with me, and life starts to show itself and, wow, I need to change this. I've got to stop talking this way to this person. I've got to stop being jealous of such and such and their whatever, you know? And, and these things start being revealed because you've allowed Jesus to judge you. And so, um, that's one practical way of allowing Jesus to be judged. Bring everything to Jesus. When he invites us, come, uh, just like the, the persistent widow, come and ask me for justice. Do that. Call on Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to bring everything to you, and uh, I want you to bring justice and peace into my life. And even if you need to be like the persistent widow, do so. Do it. Do it. Pray it 30 times a day, you know, and um, watch and, and listen as, as Jesus works. There's another one in um, another text in Luke 9, verse 23. If you could read that one too, please, Jason. It says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Uh-huh. Is there a, there's a little story or um, there's a little bit more to that, isn't there? You mean the context of the... <coughs> yeah, the oh, context yes. of it, yeah. Yes, there is... Oh, should we read that? We can oh, read that too. I, I, I don't mind. I'm just, um, I'm just suggesting that there was a bit more to it. Yeah. 23. <clears throat> it's a bit of a challenge, uh, this, this little passage, I think. <clears throat> it's talking about, yeah, forever. Um, who would, would save his life will lose it. Yeah. But whoever <clears throat> loses his life will, for my sake, mm. save it. Mm. Right. And, and, and it's worth, it's worth reading, um, that chapter, just like it is with, with the other one, um, Matthew 11 that we looked at before, that's worth reading as well. Mm. Um, and so what we're learning here is Jesus says, uh, empty yourself. You know, when it comes to Jesus judging, there are going to be things that you're going to hear that you're not going to like, but he says, deny yourself, deny, afflict your soul. <laughs> as it says in Leviticus, afflict your soul and take up the cross, take up whatever... Um, you know, take up the same attitude that Jesus took of emptying himself. And when we do that and allow Jesus to judge us, you can be guaranteed that there are things that you're going to find found out about yourself that you're going to say, wow, if I hadn't trusted Jesus with that, I would not have, have seen these improvements. Right. I'll, um, I'll say, I'll share one that was really tough on me. Uh, one of the things that I found when I started, um, spending more time with Jesus and reading the word and praying. And it was very challenging. I can't remember how, how it was communicated, but I just knew it was, it was an impression. And it wasn't just one day. It was over a period of time. But it was, I had to separate myself from my friends that I was hanging out with. Mm. And that was hard because I didn't have, they, they were my friends. You know, that was the only set of friends I had. And uh, I made that decision. And it was, it was about two years later where I had another strong impression. Go catch up with your friends. The friends that I had separated from, you know, and each and every one of them said to me, David, you've changed. You know, and, and um, I now know in future that God needed me to sever those ties in order to work with me because the influence was too strong for my friends. Mm. Right. And as a, as a guy that was 20 years old and a man, you need those friends around you. You know what I mean? But he had given me a new set of friends and um, needed it to work with. But Jesus judged me. And that's just one example. 
there are hundreds more where um, I allow Jesus to judge me, and I continue. I have to continue that on a daily basis. Lord, judge me, examine me, search my heart, O oh Lord, mm. you know, and find in me any iniquities. It's interesting how we uh, we consider judgment a bad thing, but um, it's a great thing. This is a uh, a different look at it, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> it's it a is a completely different perspective where. Ultimately, uh, we want to allow Jesus to investigate us. Amen. And, uh, and it, was, it was like it's like what we <clears> said, uh, and we go to the past really quickly. We look at Jesus as Creator, Jesus as Michael, our Messiah, Jesus as life and resurrection, as the High Priest. We can trust Him. We can trust Him. You look at Jesus. Everything that Jesus is, He is. <laughs> he is what, like that song says. He's an all in all. You know, He's everything that we need. Well, uh, next week, Jesus as King. Yeah, Jesus our King. Or Christ as King. So uh, that's what we'll be studying on this program on Wednesday next week. And with David Maxwell tomorrow, Understanding (coughs) God Yourself. This is, uh, I guess, a summary of what we've been studying on the Are You Listening series. Um, I just want to spend a moment here to promote a program that uh, David Cherry's been doing both in Margate and Glenorchy. So if you're listening down in this area, the HOPE series, HOPE 2023. Um, If you want to, you can join uh, David Cherry. His number is 0430-190-101. You can text me in if you uh, text us in on our standard number if you miss that. But uh, this is a great series. So thanks for joining us today. This is My Heart is Steadfast. This is uh, Ellie Holcomb. So we do hope you encounter Jesus more today. And thank you, David. We'll all be back next week. My heart is steadfast, oh God. I'll sing praises up to thee among the nations. I'll give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the people. I'll sing praises up to thee within my soul For thy loving kindness is great above heavens Thy truth it reaches to the skies Be exalted, O God, above heavens And thy glory over all the earth those you love may be delivered Save with thy right hand and answer me Over all the earth 
you love may be delivered Save with thy right hand and answer me And thy glory over all the earth That those you love may be delivered Save with thy right hand